This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We're delighted to have you watching. We may have someone watching today for the first time, and may I welcome you to our telecast today. We try to emphasize Bible things on this telecast, studying the Bible. Today, our topic is entitled, Not Far From the Kingdom. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now today, I continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. This course is designed to help you get to know the Bible better. In order that you might know more about the free course, that you might know how to get yours, why don't we pause for just a moment? To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 365 or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to read today from the 12th chapter of Mark's Gospel. I want to emphasize one verse, verse 34. Now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question him. Now, in order that we might understand the context of that passage, if you go back to verse 28, there was a scribe that came to Jesus and and asked Jesus this question, which is the first commandment of all? And then Jesus answered him by saying that the first of all of the commandments is here O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This, Jesus said, now this is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to Jesus, well said, teacher, you've spoken the truth. For there's one God and there's no other but one but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, with all the strength. To love one's neighbors, oneself, is more than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And that's when Jesus said to this man, You're not far from the kingdom. You know, all accountable people fall into one of three categories of groups. There are those that are in the kingdom. In Colossians chapter 1 and in verse number 13, Paul talks about those who had been delivered from the power of darkness, conveyed into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Then in Revelation chapter 1, in verse number 9, John said, And I, John, who am your brother, companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 says, Wherefore we having received a kingdom which cannot be moved. 
So obviously there are those that are now in the kingdom. Now a second place where people may be is far from the kingdom. That is, they're indifferent uh, to the kingdom, but then God wants them to be in the kingdom. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 4, the Bible says that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. So there isn't anyone that God does not want in his kingdom. He wants all people in his kingdom. But there are people that are far from the kingdom. And, and then on the, uh, 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 there, there are those that are not far from the kingdom. Like, like the scribe that Jesus addressed here. This man loved God with all of his heart. He loved his neighbor and Jesus said to him, you're just not very far from the kingdom. Now I want to raise a question and that is, what is the kingdom of God? What is it? And we're going to answer that question by looking at four terms that are found in the Bible that all mean the same thing. Term number one, in Christ. In Christ. Term number two, in the body. Term number three, in the church. Term number four, in the kingdom. Now there are those four terms, but all four of them mean the same thing. For example, to be in Jesus Christ is the same as being in the body of Christ. In Galatians 3 and verse 27, Paul wrote, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ did put on Christ. So to be in Christ, we're to be baptized into Christ. But to be baptized into Christ is to be in the body. For in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 13, the Bible reads like this, For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body. To be in Christ is to be baptized into Christ. To be baptized into Christ is to be in the body because when we're baptized into Christ, we're baptized into the body of Christ. But to be in the body is to be in the church. In Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 22 and 23, Paul said, hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. Now I want you to follow with me because this is not really complicated. It's rather simple. But I want us to understand what the kingdom of God, of what it consists. To be in Christ is to be in the body. To be in the body is to be in the church because the church is the body. But to be in the church is to be in the kingdom because the term church and kingdom are used interchangeably in the Bible. For example, 
in Matthew chapter 16 and verses 18 and 19, Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, and he said to his disciples, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter eventually responded by saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven, and I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Jesus said, I'll build my church, and I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, Peter. And the term church and kingdom all refer to the same. Now look in Luke chapter 22 and verse 30. Jesus is, had, had instituted uh, the Lord's Supper. And he says that, And my, I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So he said, You're going to sit at my table, the Lord's table, in the kingdom. But in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, we learn that people were observing the Lord's Supper in the church. Well, the Lord said, you're going to do that in the kingdom. But in 1 Corinthians 11, they were observing the Lord's Supper in the church. For example, verse 18. For well, first of all, when you come together as a church, as a church, I hear there be our divisions among you, and I, in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, that's the church. It's not to eat the Lord's Supper. They were made a common meal out of it. They should have not made a common meal out of the Lord's Supper. Now, here's what we're seeing. The kingdom of God is the same as being in Christ, being in the body, being in the church, and being in the kingdom. The kingdom of God has blessings in it. What are the blessings to be found in being in Christ, being in the body, being in the church, being in the kingdom? Well, if we find out what those blessings are, that will help us decide if we want to be in it. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. All those spiritual blessings in heavenly places are in Christ. But remember that to be in Christ is to be in the body. To be in the body is to be in the church. To be in the church is to be in the kingdom. So all of those spiritual blessings are in the kingdom of God. And spiritual blessings are reserved for those in the kingdom. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 again. Who hath delivered us from darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of God's dear Son. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 10, here's a blessing of being in the kingdom. I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. Here's another blessing. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. 
So those who are in Christ are in the kingdom. They're in the church. All spiritual blessings are reserved for those that are in the kingdom. Now, let's raise another question. How do you enter the kingdom? That's a good question. In John the third chapter in verse 5, Jesus answers that question for time and eternity. Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. There are two parents in the physical birth. That there is a begettal, and then there's a coming forth. The Holy Spirit in the new birth is involved in the begettal. In Luke 8 and verse 11, we learn that it is the Word of God that is the seed of the kingdom. There is a seed involved in the new birth, just as there is seed involved in a physical birth. And the Holy Spirit plants that seed in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls that produces a new Christian. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. Though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet not many fathers. For in Christ I have begotten you through the gospel. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So there is the implantation of the seed in the heart of an individual. And the result of that seed is a new Christian. The new birth is completed when one is born of water. In Acts the 10th chapter, when Peter went to the house of Cornelius and he preached the gospel to Cornelius. He preached the same gospel to Cornelius that he did on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, he preached a sermon about Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection. And in Acts chapter 10 and verses 47 and 48, Peter asked the question, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And the next verse says, and he commanded them to be baptized. Someone says, what do you think water means in John 3, 5 and Acts chapter 10, verses 47 and 48? Well, I think it means water. And it has reference to our being baptized into Christ. Our Lord said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Somebody says, but I thought we were saved by Jesus' blood. We are saved by Jesus' blood. If you ever have your sins washed away, it will be because of Jesus shedding his blood on the cross of Calvary. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, Jesus said, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. He shed his blood that we might have our sins forgiven. So it's not a question of the blood of Jesus saving us. Of course it does. We sing, what can wash away my sin? We answer nothing but the blood of Jesus. But how do we contact that blood? 
And when we die to sin, Romans chapter 6 and verse 2, and we're buried with Christ in the watery grave of baptism, Romans 6 and 3. We're baptized into Christ. We're baptized into His death. And then we come out of that watery grave to walk in newness of life, Romans chapter 6 and verse 4. And that's exactly what Jesus is teaching, John chapter 3 and 5. A man must be born of water and of the Spirit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Listen to Galatians 3, verse 26 and 27. For you're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. That's, that's the subject under consideration. How does one get into the family of God? And it's by birth into the family of God. And Paul tells us in verse 27 how one enters the kingdom, how one gets into the family of God, how one enters Christ, how one enters the body, how one enters the church. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13 again. For by one Spirit were we all baptized into one body. This man was told in Mark chapter uh, 12, Friend, you're not far from the kingdom. Who is it that's near the kingdom? Well, I would say that there are many people that have honest hearts that are not far from the kingdom that there are people that ha are, are watching getting to know your Bible right now that are near the kingdom. You, you've been watching for a long time. You've been listening. You've been studying. You've been examining. You've been, you've been following along as I read from the Bible and study from the Bible to see if I'm telling you the truth. And you're honest and you're searching, you're seeking. You know, Jesus said, Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That person is not, is not far from the kingdom. They're people that are just good, moral people. And they're really not trusting their morality to save them. And they know they need something besides just living a good life. And that person is not far from the kingdom. And, but here's a man who is lost and, and, and he thinks he is, just as, he, he is good just like he is and, and he doesn't need anything else in his life. That man is not near the kingdom. Suppose you get near the kingdom, get close to the kingdom, already nearly ready to make a decision to obey Christ and to be added to his body and you die. Suppose you get near and you die. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, there, there was a young man that came running to Jesus and, and he said to Jesus, Good Master, what shall I do that I might have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what you need to do, young man, you need to keep the commandments. He said, now, which ones? He said, well, Jesus told him that uh, you shouldn't murder, don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't bear false witness. You need to honor your father and your mother, and you'll love your neighbors yourself. And you know that young man said, I want you to know I've been doing that all my life. I I've been doing that from my youth up. So he asked Jesus, notice the question he asked Jesus. What do I still lack? 
What else do I need to do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, you want to enter the kingdom, you'll have to go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor. Then come and follow me. You see, Jesus knew his heart. And Jesus knew that he was allowing the treasures that he had of a material nature, an earthly nature, were coming between him and the kingdom. But the Bible says he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I've often wondered what that young man could have become if he had been willing to make the needed sacrifice. There are people like that today who are near. They're so close. Have you ever wondered why men would linger on the border of the kingdom? Well, I think one reason some might linger on the border of the kingdom is because they have not been taught enough. They don't know enough. They're interested. They, they are beginning to uh, have their appetites uh, whetted for the truth, but they still need some teaching. And men can't come to Christ unless they have been properly taught. Je Jesus said, all shall be taught of God. Everyone therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh to me, John 6, 45. I think some linger on the border of the kingdom because they, they are afraid of what others are going to say should they make that decision. I've had people to write us from uh, people for, who have watched Getting to Know Your Bible and some of the experiences they've had after they have uh, obeyed the gospel and when they have made decisions to turn their back upon what they had previously been religiously and just become a New Testament Christian. And some have gone through a real struggle, losing friends because they wanted to do what was right. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 16, Peter says that if we suffer as a Christian, don't, don't be ashamed of that. Don't, don't be ashamed to suffer for doing what is right. I, I think there are people that are almost persuaded, but they've never taken that final step because they're afraid they might not be able to hold out and live in the Christian life. Over the years, I've heard that so many times. Are you ready to become a Christian? Yes, I've been thinking about it, Brother Lambert, but, but not now. Well, why not? Because I'm just afraid I can't hold out. And I've, I have actually told people, well, you're holding out on the Lord right now. I, why, why don't you just give your life to Christ? Then you hold out on the devil. But see, when I say that I cannot hold out and live in the Christian life, I'm reflecting upon God's goodness because God has promised that he will help me live the Christian life. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There's no temptation taking you, but, but such is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer, which means allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So God is going to, to help us. He will be with us. So why do men linger? I think some linger because they have something in the lab they just don't want to give up. They, they not, may not want to give up some relationship they're in. They, they may not want to give up some habit they have. There may be something they know they cannot do if, and, and be a Christian. You know, I think about Jesus' statement in Matthew 5, 29 and 30, that, that if your 
your eye offends you, your right eye offends you. He, he said, pluck it out. He, he said it would be better for you to go into life maimed than for, for, for the whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand offends you, cut it off. For it's better to enter into life maimed than for, that the whole body be cast into hell. So I think Jesus is speaking there figuratively. But suppose it was literal. Suppose it was talking about literally having to pluck your eye out or cut your hand off to be a Christian. Would you be willing to make that kind of a sacrifice? I think he was talking about there that we should forego anything that would come in our way, whether it's something we do with a hand or something we see with the eye. We have to give it up to follow him. But there are many reasons that people linger on the, on the border of the kingdom. But friend, it is a serious thing to linger. Now Jesus told this man, you are not far from the kingdom. I'm speaking to some heart right now not, that's not far from the kingdom. You're almost ready. You're all ro almost ready to make that decision to put Christ on in baptism. Don't, don't be like Felix who after he listened to a sermon on righteousness and temperance and the judgment to come, told Paul, go thy way for this time, and when I have a convenient season, I'll call for you. Don't do that. Don't be almost persuaded, be altogether persuaded. Don't be near the kingdom. No, no. Be in the kingdom. I'd encourage you, if you've been watching Getting to Know Your Bible, you can learn what to do to be saved. Please don't hesitate. Don't delay your salvation. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, I want to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you don't know where the church is located, you get in touch with us. We'll find it for you. And also pick up the telephone now. Call for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate about that at all. It is free. And also, if you would prefer taking the course online, we have the information on the screen as to how you can do that as well. We're just trying to help people to get to know the Bible. I want to thank you for watching our telecast today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. From my very first day at Faulkner, it's been an incredible experience. There's so much to do around campus, and I know that I've made friends that will last a lifetime. I love using my iPad in my classes. I feel really prepared for the future. Plus, the use of e-text helps me cut costs on textbooks. At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different from most other universities. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>